creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, October 2nd, 2015, and it's a relevant podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, we've, we've pretty much all built websites with Squarespace at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy and intuitive. Your site looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level. No coding is required. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. It's trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. Plans start at just eight bucks a month, and you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Uh, Joy, did you choose a domain for your wedding yeah. site? Okay, so I did want to give an update on that. I've tried it. I spent the entire day on Monday <laughs> working on the wedding website, uh, but it's currently look what the look what the mat dragged in. Nice. I, I yes. love that one. That's great. <laughs> with Squarespace, you can start your free trial site today with no credit card required at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use our offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Unless you're Joy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studio on the ones and twos, Jeremiah Dunlap. Great to be That's here. That's it. Eddie's gone. Uh, he's over in India this week. He's just wow. world traveler. World traveler. Wow. Yeah. So on the Skype line uh, from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Joining us from Portland, Oregon, Joy Egrich. Present. And <laughs> from yes, Chicago, are. Illinois, author and speaker, Shana Nequist. Good morning. So this is a, this is a different dynamic. This is fun. Yeah. I mean, like, it's the same cast, just a different assortment of the cast. Yeah, I don't think we've yeah. ever done this particular arrangement. Yeah, I don't, I feel in a, like we're in a big empty room, but <laughs> a very full wall of TV screens and just in front of me, so it's cool. And I think it's good because I think people thought that Shauna and I were like in a feud or something. I know, I know they're like hey is it is it like a thing like i don't want to bring up anything bad but is there like a thing between you two <laughs> yeah and i just always direct message message them and i'm like i hate her i can't handle her uh, i'm not gonna say this on like public twitter but yeah there's yeah, a thing yeah it's, it, it, it's it's meek mill drake level here yeah, yeah meek mill and drake <laughs> this is actually an intervention for you guys we brought you yeah. on to work oh, out no. they, to work out your yeah, issues you, they, 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 people don't know they didn't know they were going to be on together so there's a lot of tension <laughs> right now they haven't actually directly addressed each each other individually yet. <laughs> my nails are just digging into my desk right now. Cameron, Jesse, Jeremiah, great to see three <laughs> <laughs> people. So, so I'm looking at the screens. I'm seeing all quadrants of the country right now, really. So Shauna, you're you look cold. Is it cold there already? Uh, no, it's not. I mean, it's uh, 60. Oh, yeah. that's pleasant. But yeah, I was nice. I, I was um, telling these guys earlier that it's my son Henry's ninth birthday today, and so we've we've been up for hours, and we were playing hockey in the driveway and having donuts with our neighbors. So I'm all cozy, uh, but uh, we spent a good portion of the of, of the early morning hours outside when it was quite chilly. Gotcha. Yeah. 
I was in DC this weekend and at a, I went to the Redskins Eagles game and and it said it was like you know mid 60s or early or low 60s or whatever. And I thought oh that's fine, but when you're sitting outside for like five hours, it's cold. I mean like by the end of the game, I was like bone chilling. It felt, but maybe I'm just a Floridian. <laughs> I was gonna say that that bone chilling 60 degree. No, warm, it got, I think it got colder <laughs> than that. Bone Number one and two, I was not prepared. I had no layers. You know, it was yeah flip flops and like a Tommy Bahama shirt on. <laughs> Cameron's calling for help. He's like, I think I have hypothermia. He's got one of those like tin foil blankets on and they're like <laughs> medevacing him out of the stadium. So it's, uh, it's on the 60 degree. They're like, what happened to that guy? He's a Floridian. He got hypothermia. <laughs> I, hey, everybody was saying it was cold. Number one. Number two, I went to the, uh, I, I got so cold in the second half at halftime. I went to uh, the gift shop and got, got a, a beanie with the big fuzzball on top oh, sure. for the Redskins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was all decked out in Redskins uh, layering because I was just cold. So I have no affinity for the Redskins. So if anybody wants some free Redskins apparel, I uh, have it available. I have a friend from Texas who just came in town. And this is like two weeks ago. It was like 70 degrees. And she wore like a quilted vest. Yeah. And I was like, what? What's ha- what, are you, what are you doing? And she was like, I, I have no other opportunity to wear this. I was like, I would literally go swimming right now. Like I would lay out on my driveway in this weather. And she was like, brrr. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Joy, you you've got your website not deployed yet, but you. Oh you, no! It's it would it would hurt. I, I really I can see how they can make everything look so streamlined, but still somehow I'm like, let's use this font here and let's use. And they even try to block you. They're like, if you change the f- font setting on the subtitle or whatever, it will do that throughout. But right. I still as many different fonts as I can use, I try. I think that's a good design <laughs> rule, right? As many different fonts as possible. Yeah. I try to use as many different fonts in a single word as possible. Just really <laughs> blow that I'm flyer like, where's out. the wingdings option? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely coming to look at it to this cook cookout. <laughs> <laughs> I just did the uh, invite for my Halloween party and I, I had to use a specialty font, which, uh-huh. which went against everything. Originally, it was some beautiful like Den or Gotham or whatever, classy. Yeah. And I thought this just isn't catching the vibe, so I had to go like dripping blood, you know. Oh, of course, spectacular. Yes, yeah, sp- yeah spectacular <laughs> font. Yeah. Is this going to be another uh, free for all Halloween party? It, it, hopefully not. Uh, but yes. it, it, it you is, have a pool now. Yeah, hopefully the pool doesn't factor into the uh, Halloween party. You're very is naive. The pool done? Uh, it will be done on Monday. Yeah, so a few more days. I yeah. think on Facebook, uh, your brother called it Cameron's Less Ratchet Halloween Party. <laughs> yeah, which would be true, except that it's going to get down to like sixty degrees that weekend. <laughs> so the water is probably going to like ice over, and it's going to turn into like Cameron's crazy ratchet Halloween ice skating party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're gonna need a medic on by. Good thing I have by. that Redskins puffball yeah, beanie exactly. that I can wear. Yeah, it's going to be. A, Very- great excited. skate party so does everybody uh, know what they're gonna be for halloween i yeah. i seriously actually this might be a good good question of the week because i every year i'm so focused on you know getting cohen and doing you know you know family halloween stuff and then and then later you know making sure that the party's ready and whatever i always forget about my own costume yeah so like it's the day before and i'm like scrambling so i need help i want to come up with something good do you like do you like to go current cameron or are you like classic because i mean there's pizza rat there's cecil if you want to go edgy r.i.p oh the- yeah cecil oh. the lion 
Oh, that'd be t- that'd be topical. Like get a lion yeah. costume and like have it like like with a gun wound and like blood. But, but it's for like wildlife awareness. You're not being. <laughs> like you're not that. like the dentist because that would be. Oh, see, I could go with a buddy who would be the dentist, and I would be the dead Cecil. That would yeah, be good. But, but you're doing it. You're doing it for like big game awareness. <laughs> what if you went as like Franklin Graham with the Kermit the uh, Frog? No, nope, like too soon. Too no, soon. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Too topical. What do you? Too I hot of a take. What you look like. Like who's your doppelganger? Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard George yeah. Clooney. Yeah, yeah you know, a little bit of little Brad Pitt. Yeah. You know, yeah, all of those definitely. You, can, you kind of throw the Ocean's Eleven cast in a blender, right? <laughs> That's what I've been told. Cameron, I got I got a good topical one for you. The Donald. Oh, oh. Yeah, make America yeah. great hat again. I already just have a friend saying offensive things the whole night. I have a friend who's going to be the Donald. I already he's he's already told me, but so. it's your party. But he's coming to it. Kick him out. And he looks like the Donald. He's kind of blonde. He's tallish. Oh, yeah. One, one year, one year, he and his brother came as Mormon missionaries. He wore a bike helmet Whoa. and like the Mormon thing. And him and his brother, it was it was amazing. All night, the bike helmet was on the entire night. Man, good for him. See, men. This I think men always want to do like clever costumes. Yeah. They yeah. want to be hilarious, yeah. but in like kind of a subtle, weird way. Yeah. And women are like, I don't know, maybe I'll just wear like some glitter, <laughs> some false eyelashes. Shauna, I my three of my girlfriends and I went as uh, polygamous wives one year. So Whoa. we were in the in that uh vein were y'all with cameron's mormon friends <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. Stuff, you should have no we had one of the girl's boyfriend he's just had a button that said i love my wives oh, and then man. the three of us like i was pregnant and mid halloween party i gave birth and for real uh, yeah yeah, yeah okay, we had actually. it all with us all of our hair were like in looped you know braids and yeah so and this year matt and i are going to try to do the uh the Will Ferrell and Rachel Dratch in the in the hot tub. We're gonna get like oh. a kiddie pool and put it around us and have like a cooler of meats. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Tiffany Brunson, our very own Tiffany Brunson, last year came as Bob Ross. Oh yeah, and she looked more like Bob Ross. Than, I couldn't believe it. And same thing, the whole night had the palette of paints. Like never broke character. She was painting happy trees on your wall. At she your house. she actually was getting ready at my house. Uh, she came early and was helping set up, and then uh, was getting ready. And when I went into that rest that bathroom later, there was little beard hairs everywhere. <laughs> 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 it was so gross. From Tiffany's actual beard. You like we yeah. know you, Cameron. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesse, do, what do you uh, do? You do anything? You're gonna have brand new babies. Yeah, I know. So, well, I'll well, the 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 new baby will be here the, the like the week or two after Halloween. Uh, Noah wants to be a garbage man really bad. He's sure. like heavy into garbage men. Oh. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that without just making him look like an inmate. Right. <laughs> you know, you can pretty much just just wear jumpsuits and be a little weird to have like a little inmate. Well, you have to make oh. him a little trash can that he'd carry around. Yeah. Yeah, but but even then, I feel like there needs to be more. Like I went online and <laughs> people have like. <laughs> Converted like wagons to garbage trucks, which would blow his mind. Oh, and you don't understand his love for the garbage man. It, it is like you would think that each each garbage day, which was this morning, so I took him for an early morning walk to go find him, was <laughs> Christmas morning, and that Santa Claus was LeBron James. That's how excited. <laughs> like oh, oh, and he's waving and jumping and running and yelling. It's a big deal. So. I think we're going to do Garbage Man. It's just a matter of how, you know, we, we can make it discernible for the people that see him. For first-time listeners, Jesse's son is 14, so it's... Um, 
<laughs> it's still really weird that he hasn't grown out of this garbage thing. Yeah. I mean, he could actually apply at this point. <laughs> Wait, Jesse, I feel like there's something you could create where if you like had two cardboard pieces that you could like strap over your shoulder so they're on either side of you that looked like a garbage truck. Uh-huh. And then you had something in your so then you would you would walk backwards but face your son and you had something where like he could throw his candy in and then you could do something that like crushed down. So you're picturing me like like a transformer robot. Yeah. Yeah. He would uh-huh. lose his mind. Yeah. He w- he really would lose his mind. But I'm terrible I'll at say, like mechanical. Yeah. You're stuff. not handy. You're not handy at all. It's not mechanical. It's just cardboard. Like like if you had a uh, you know refrigerator cardboard box. You can yeah. just get two large sides, and then you just need something where your hands can go like. I mean, it's just, so, it's going to be your again, own mechanics. Once again, I don't even want to attempt what you're describing. <laughs> Let me talk to Dana. Dana's only like ready to give birth. Let's also just rope her into making a garbage truck yeah. costume. Oh, Dana, listen, uh, for tomorrow night, I gave it my best shot. I need you to make a functioning garbage truck robot man costume. <laughs> <laughs> what I've done, uh, uh, he's not working, and I cut myself pretty bad with a box cutter. So I'm going to need to get this in that <laughs> We have a great uh, great show in store today. Uh, coming up later, we have a special in-studio performance by John Mark and Sarah McMillan. Uh, they came to the studio during their Tongues of Fire tour a couple weeks ago and played uh, some amazing songs for us. Also on the show, best-selling author Tom Rayner. He talks with us about his new book, I Will. Okay, it's time for our new segment, Looking Back at the Week of What Happened in Culture. It's time for... In case you missed it. Uh, the true crime investigative podcast serial is being adapted for TV. Ooh. But it's not going to be like a serialized version of Dateline or something. <laughs> uh, the new show will be a scripted drama exploring the behind the scenes process of the podcast actually being created. Like, I don't get how that. Wait, with actors and stuff? Yeah. So, uh, though Ira Glass, podcast host Sarah Koenig, and the This American Life crew will serve as producers, Fox Studios has made an interesting choice for the two main creatives. Serial is being adapted by the two two filmmakers behind the Lego movie, Phil what? Lord and Chris Miller. Julie Snyder, who's a producer on Serial, explained this. Uh, she said, Chris and Phil take an unexpected approach to telling stories that's so appealing to us at Serial. They experiment. They don't mimic formulas. Developing a show with them is exciting because we feel like we speak the same language, only they're smarter than us. <laughs> so if, I, I have no idea what this show is. Their storyboards were all with Legos. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, I feel like they were like, who can we find that can adapt the unadaptable? Right. Like, who yeah. could take like a toy line that has no narrative to it and make it into like a blockbuster movie? Let's just do the same thing for serial. Because, like I said, adapting it for TV is literally just a super long episode of Dateline. Yeah. Right. But, but this is a scripted drama of them m- making the show. It's not, yeah. it's not the show. It's, is it like 30 Rock, where it's like the behind the scenes yeah. of TGS? You know, I like, think it's more like an Aaron Sorkin show, like Newsroom or something. Either way, if Fred Armisen doesn't play Ira Glass, the whole world has lost out on a great opportunity. <laughs> and, so, and so that, so that's again, is it? So it's not the real, it's not really Sarah and yeah. Ira. It's actors portraying them. That's what it seems yeah. like. It is interesting because it's kind of like if so many people listen to the podcast and they know kind of how it went. I was always intrigued each week since I knew it was kind. Of, she would always give the impression that like she's still working on things and she's still letting things unfold. But I was like, but they're also master storytellers, right? So there had to be things that they withheld. So it would be interesting to know, like, okay, they found all this information out and then their choice of how to 
put it into one episode. And even like exploring the tension of like invading these people's lives unsolicited yeah. 15 years later, there's certainly drama and tension there. But yeah, I, I it doesn't seem to me to be like the automatic thing that I think of is, oh, a scripted long form prestige drama. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would love a almost like what HBO does with Hard Knocks, where yeah. they go to the training camp of an NFL team, and it's really the real behind the scenes, but it is dramatic and incredibly well done and yeah. shot cinematically and beautifully. Documentary style, though. Yeah. Do that with like while they're making the next season of Serial. Like, I would love yeah. to yeah. watch yeah, that, but like right. a fictionalized version just seems weird to me. Yeah. I wonder if this would be one of those things, you know, when you guys talked crap about the iPhone before it came out, and yeah. then everyone... <laughs> yeah. I, wonder if be, the, I wonder if it's going to be the same thing it will because this is gonna be groundbreaking yeah yeah. it's like a lego reenactments of cereal (laughs) (laughs) well okay there have been lots of covers of outcast hey ya over the last decade but a 60s soul rendition by sarah nemitz has been making the rounds online this week and it holds up really well here's uh, a clip of uh, sarah's cover of outcast hey ya It's good. I, I, I still though Obadiah Parker's version. Can't beat it. You can't beat it. Kind of can't beat it. Yeah. But but how great, how good of a song is Hey Ya that it can be like performed in like wildly different genres and still yeah. hold up and still be like, you know, that's actually that's that's a good song. What's you know? crazy too is how it's just such a simple song. I mean, yeah. like the chorus says almost nothing. The chord progression doesn't change the whole song. Well, Obadiah Parker's, in my opinion, illuminated a uh, lyrical depth to the to the song yeah. that I I didn't catch in the original version. Yeah, it's heartbreak. It's a family being torn apart. Yeah. It's it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm gonna play some Obadiah's. I just did this not too long ago, but yeah. I mean, we just heard a 60s bebop rendition. <laughs> I can't stand to fight the feeling Cause the thought alone is me right now Oh my goodness, so this good. is so good Thank God for mom and dad for sticking two together Cause we don't know how Like there's heartbreak in this Yeah, yeah. Thank God for mom and dad staying together Cause yeah. we don't know how yeah. I mean, oh. I know. I remember we talked about that on the podcast, and yeah. now whenever it comes on, I always feel so smart. I'm like, you guys, like, listen to the lyrics of this. It's actually a really heartbreaking song. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so now we are officially challenging all musicians out there. About every six months, we win another Hey Ya cover. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much forever. I love that. It's yeah. unbelievable. Makes us feel something. Yeah. yeah, make us feel different things yeah. with the same lyrics. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's because awesome. that Bebopy one, you totally don't get the heartbreak and lament of a, a broken relationship. Yeah. It just was kind of like cool and mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah. Speaking of music and heartbreak, have you guys seen the Amy Winehouse movie? No, no, but it's I on to. my queue. It's great. Oh man, it's so good really and is. so sad and just really 
I loved it. It's so hard for me. I hear rehab pop on the radio every now and then. It's still like... I have it on the rotation it has, here at the office. It has. Maybe that's where I hear you it. You keep hearing it because yeah. I, I dusted off some Amy Winehouse stuff when I was putting together the playlist that plays uh, overhead yeah. in the office because it was like... I, it was because of that film. Everybody was talking about it and I was like, man, I yeah. yeah. Like Her stuff holds up. Yeah, it does. I watched Absolutely. it on a flight recently and was just like ugly crying in my seat. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Right. Kind of like Marley and me. <laughs> um, okay, uh, well, hey, let's just keep keep the clips rolling. Yeah. Uh, last item for in case you missed it okay so i think they were trying to actually break the internet with this one (laughs) maybe they're breaking the music industry uh, just breaking everything we we want to like hold true an ohio state university student named alex hadawanek sounds right (laughs) there you go i said all the letters yeah (laughs) um has spent the last few years of his life creating a Kanye West Weezer mashup album oh. called Yeezer. <laughs> before you play a clip, can I just say, I have listened, this, this before we recorded this, this came out the day before, I have listened to this all the way through. Weezer is my all-time favorite band, as as I've said many times that have been edited out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I really love uh, uh, the work of Kanye West, too. And this is so well done. And and every every song, I mean, obviously you have to be comfortable with the lyrical content. I'll preface that, I guess. But right. uh, every song works so well the way that they've put this mashup together. And you know, I think it was one of the outlets I was reading was talking about how both it works so well, partly because Kanye West and Weezer are both known as sort of these like difficult geniuses who are like sometimes hit or miss with their music, but putting them together it. When you hear it, it's like, man, it almost sounds like these were written as one thing. The, yeah. the album features tracks spanning both uh, both artists' full catalogs, so it's not just recent, not old. Oh, it's, cool. it's everything, and it's a free download because um, it's completely illegal. So <laughs> all you have to do is Google Yeezer. You'll find multiple shady sites to download it for free. Here's here's a clip of a song called "And They Say It Ain't So." It's a mashup of Weezer's "Say It Ain't So" and Kanye's "Power." I'm living in the 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody ever seen. Do it, scream from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero needs theme music. No one man to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. System broken, the schools closed, the prisons open. We ain't got nothing to lose. Everybody, we rolling. Man, that's awesome. It is so cool. Man, I love that. (laughs) Jesse's so excited. It really is so tight. (laughs) All right, well, that'll do it for this week's. In case you missed it. Okay, it's time for entertainment releases. Music coming out on uh, Friday, October 16th. So I guess if you're like working up your playlist for your Halloween party, right. you might want to dip into a few of these. Your ratchet Halloween party. Uh, Borns uh, with the little line through the O. Uh-huh, the under oath O. Bjorns. No, it's not Bjorns. There's a J and an umlaut in that situation. <laughs> situation. I'm calling them Bjorns. Nothing will stop me. Borns is coming out with Dopamine. Uh, Chris Walla, the former Death Cab for Cutie guitarist, is coming out with Tape Loops. That's a reference to the analog a way that people used to listen to music with uh, cassettes. Uh, you, you said tape? Tape is the word? Right. No, man. Go Scotch to, tape. Tapes are back, man. That's yeah. like... They are. Yeah, They're it's the new back. vinyl. Yeah. Uh, Play-Doh and DJ Sean P is coming out with uh, We Buy Gold. Capital Kings is coming out with two. Capital Kings 2 Origins 
Oh, no, right. it's just Kaplan too. Uh, Deer Hunter is coming out with Fading Frontier. I think that's their uh, career prospects. Uh, movie releases. Oh. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that when I put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've been making music for a long time. Yeah, they have. Movie releases coming out uh, the same day. Uh, Bridge of Spies uh, is coming out. Tom Hanks. It's that uh, the story of James Donovan. Tom Hanks oh, stars in it. Good. CIA Cold War, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, Crimson Peak is coming out, and Goosebumps, that kids movie with all the monsters, and uh, Jack Black, right? Yeah, he's in. Plays yeah. R.L. Stein. He plays the writer of Goosebumps in the Goosebumps yeah. movie. R.L. Stein. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So Goosebumps were were huge when I was a kid. Did like, you read? When them? We get that Scholastic catalog. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They were scary too. I mean, they were kind of all the same, but still, they were like the Twilight Zone for eight year olds. Yeah, they messed me up. <laughs> I, I the TV show on Nickelodeon messed me up. It scared me. Jeremiah, I'm surprised you were allowed to watch those. I wasn't. I did it at my grandparents' house behind my parents' back. <laughs> Are you thinking of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Both. Both okay. of them scared me to death. I've never read a scary book nor seen a scary movie. Really? Yeah. You've never seen a scary movie? I've also never had cheesecake. But anyway. <laughs> Things he throws out at a party. <laughs> you need to just have a night where, where you see what you've been missing with all the thrills of the horror genre and while binging on cheesecake. <laughs> totally. Like one of everything from Cheesecake Factory. Cheese, cheesecake and olives and all the things I've never done all in the, one the, night. The fork, yeah. full of, the fork full of like blueberry cheesecake slowly falls from your mouth when you realize Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> Hold on. I've seen that one. Those aren't horror movies. Those are suspense, th- psychological, psychological thrillers. thrillers. That's very different to me okay. than, than horror movies. Wait, you've never seen any Hitchcock movies like in your life? Uh-uh. Wow. I mean, not because I was scared of Hitchcock. I mean, those are more mystery, aren't they? Yeah, but there's like yeah. Psycho's, like, I would say call it a horror film for its time. Psycho, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen Psycho. Shauna, do you watch any horror films? I don't watch anything scary. I'm super, like, I'm scared enough already. I, I don't watch anything scary. <laughs> I hate scary stuff. Man, I'm really excited. Crimson Peak, we just talked about, is coming out, and I'm really excited about it. Guillermo del Toro is a director. Yeah. It looks awesome and terrifying. Bloody house. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's all the Halloween movies coming out. Uh-huh. Goosebumps yeah. and I love scary Hotel movies. Transylvania. Too. <laughs> yeah, that one's intense. My boys went to see that this weekend. They loved it. Yeah. Did they like it? Henry loves scary stuff. He loves Halloween. He loves creepy. He loves costumes. He loves like skeletons. He's like, a, but yeah. I, I read up on that one. That one's not scary at all. I mean, no. like a parent's site said, because I, Cohen was saying he wanted to see it and I'm, I'm pretty protective of what I expose him to. And right. he, they said it was fine. So. Yeah, it was or fine. was it because you were a little scared? <laughs> I didn't take him. No, Cohen, you'll be fine to go alone. Definitely go. Yeah, I'll just drop you off. <laughs> I'll pick you up in three hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, another, um, it's not really entertainment, but the, have you guys been hearing about or reading about the um, belief series on the Oprah network that starts on the 18th? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She does the seven day. It's like an hour a day. And I saw the first two episodes and they're unbelievable. So beautiful and inspiring. Did you so see them because she showed them to you when you were hanging out with her a few weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, I did. Just watching movies together. She and I. How many people were you with when you were hanging out with her? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's um, hanging out with her in the loosest possible sense with 150 other people. Right. For the 0.2 seconds that I stood next to her getting my picture taken before the next person got their picture taken. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like in your pajamas, like girl talking, you know, right. just, yeah. yeah, just palling around. French braiding, just, you know what girls do. Yeah. But the series itself is <laughs> spectacular. I have to tell you that I was not, I didn't really have any question. I, were, well, did you, was your takeaway from seeing it that that was spectacular because the aura of Oprah was in the room with you? I mean, like, well, I she, don't think so. I, the aura of Oprah is spectacular. Is it and real? Everything about the, 
the actual experience was amazing. I assume. What does she smell like? Candles. Yankee candle factory. <laughs> magic. <laughs> she smells like magic. How how tempted were you to stow away there, Shauna? Yeah. Yeah. I um. She'll I never notice. Until I ta- saw the level of security, and I thought, oh, there's. Yeah, they've been through this before. Right, like yeah. it'd be it'd be easier to stay in the White House and stay at Oprah's oh, I house. think that's absolutely true. Right. Well, like if you were to like sneak away to like grab a, a, a beverage or use the restroom or something during it, you, there's no way you could find your way to like a like a, 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 a tucked away broom closet and just wait till everyone goes to sleep and just have full run of the house. No, she I tried. Think that, you know, <laughs> um, there were about uh, I think there were about 150 people there, and then I think there were about 75 servers slash security people. So there were a lot of hands on deck at any given point. They, right. We were well uh, watched. Yeah. Well watched. Totally. Well, I, I don't know if you know this about me, Shauna, but a lot of people say that I'm the full cast of Ocean's Eleven blended into one man. <laughs> so I'd be up for the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Including the, the small Asian man who can just like shimmy around the roof. Yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah. contort myself if I needed to like fit in a, a, one of Oprah's storage ottomans or something. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does have a pond, so maybe if you had like scuba gear, you could just like go in the water and stay till the party's over and then come out or something. I don't know. Really, all you need is one, like just like a dinner straw to be under a pond. Yeah. You know, like in the cartoons, they just yeah. take a straw and then breathe through that for a couple hours. Yeah. I think you take that and you'll be fine. <laughs> Although it's Chicago water, hypothermia would kick in in like a minute. It's more like a, a David Blaine stunt at that point. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. No, she was in, you were in Santa Barbara, right? Right. Oh. That's well, and what's funny about it is, so um, you know, my mom was the one who was invited. I was not invited. I was totally a hanger on. You're a plus um, one. Your totally. mom texted her and was like, hey, can I bring my daughter? Yeah. <laughs> and it said, my, and you know, you know, my mom, she like doesn't want to go anywhere ever for any reason. And so she's like, I don't think I can. do. I just don't want to go. And I was like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> Not only are you going to go, I'm going to go. Right. Um, and she was like, how about you just go? And I'm like, no, that's not how this works. You have to go in order for me to be able to go like pretty please mommy. Pretty please. Um, yeah. So now she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to buy you a Christmas gift this year. Oh, totally. It's like, no, she was it's like, like one of those things. Yeah. yeah. She was like, this is for your birthday. I was like, fine, fine. It'd be for my everything, whatever. But so then, um, so I'm so excited. I get back from the lake and I tell Aaron, I'm like, Aaron, my mom's taking me to this amazing thing and I get to go have dinner at Oprah's house and all I have to do is watch a movie. And he's like, awesome. You totally should do that. It's so fun. You absolutely should. Well, then like two weeks later, I say something about Santa Barbara. He's like, when are you going to Santa Barbara? And I'm like, to the Oprah thing. And he's like, doesn't she live in Chicago? So he totally thought I was going to just like drive into the city oh. for dinner oh. <laughs> instead of fly to California for several days. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. he was like, feel like we could have discussed that in more detail. Well, so why was it several days? I mean, if it's a one night thing, you're in and you're out. I mean, several days Were you having to like pregame, you're having to like mentally prepare for. No, it was just, it was two nights. I was saying that I wasn't thinking that maybe like time passes differently at Oprah's house. Yeah. It's <laughs> actually seven, seven years long. Well, they would explain how she's accomplished so much. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. It slows down. She's when you get lived about five lifetimes. Yeah. So time slows down at Oprah's. That's what we just learned. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that'll do it for In Case You Missed It, entertainment releases and um, Halloween costume ideas. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices.
listening to Dr. Dog. The, that'd be a good Halloween costume. <laughs> Just a canine outfit with a stethoscope. Um, the, heart, the song is <laughs> Heart It Races. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Lady Lamb, also a possible Halloween costume with billions of eyes. Also, also a Halloween costume idea. <laughs> Just billions of eyes. Just yeah. What are you? I'm the Lady Lamb song. Billions of eyes, clearly. It's a very deep pop culture cut, but that one guy at the party's going to get that. Bleeding yeah. edge oh, indie music. <laughs> That's your that costume. one song from that one artist that no one's really, really heard. familiar yeah, with. Yeah, it's not like a breakout Taylor Swift song. See, yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. This is, cl- that, this is classic men costume. Right? <laughs> Super obscure cultural reference. Women are like, I'm a fairy princess! <laughs> <laughs> All right, separate sizes. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, uh, I have a, an interesting update about the interesting life of one of our America's finest actors, uh, Nicholas Cage. He's a frequent uh, topic of conversation on this podcast because I think he's a legitimately fascinating individual. No, it's ironic. Okay, <laughs> this is a debate. We have a life-size Nicholas Cage here in the office now. And okay. now all these bands and guests that come through, which Jeremiah has been booking a ton lately, yeah. they all, this is a topic of conversation. They Every all want to get pictures Every time. with Nicolas Cage. Brian Houston just got a picture. Brian Houston from Hillsong. <laughs> I was out, of, I was out, I was in some other city. He's in my office. I see a picture that somebody put on the internet of Brian in my office hanging yeah. out with Nicolas Cage <laughs> yeah. uh, in my stead. Uh, but some of the bands get the joke. They're like, oh, dude, that's so funny. You guys. And then some are like, wow, you guys are as big a fans of Nicolas Cage as I am. And they, th- <laughs> they legitimately and earnestly yeah. think he's a fantastic it's actor. Divisive. It's it divisive. It is a okay, divisive okay. Well, thing. The, the, okay, I want to I differentiate two things. One, I, this isn't carte blanche endorsement of every Nicolas Cage film, but he is an Academy Award winner. Two, just because he may not, just because people's interest in him may be ironic, doesn't make him any less fascinating of an individual. Okay, now I will completely agree with your second statement. It, it, I would say our fascination is ironic, but he's a fascinating individual. I mean, yeah. or like it, it, you know, our, our quote-unquote obsession with him is ironic, but yeah, but 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 that makes him yeah. to me that makes him even more yeah fascinating. Yeah, you can't look away. It, yeah, yeah, because he he has a sustained success by pretty much any measure as an actor. Well, you know, like consistently puts out profitable movies. Well, he did go bust and had to sell his castle to pay his IRS debt. Well, but but he but uh, that that that's aside from his career. His personal financial choices are his own. Oh, yeah, right. true. He invested heavily in some very shady things. Right, but but his. His personal career choices are what's so fascinating to me because some of the movies are just blatantly bad. There's no arguing there. Even if you're even if you're an apologist, right. some of his movies are terrible, right? right? Sure. So, uh, and that's part of what's fascinating to him. So he he recently sat down with Newsweek and to, and they asked him about some of his career decisions. And this is what's so interesting to me because there are so many Nicolas Cage films that you wonder why did he do that aside from just a paycheck? Like, is he just accepting every movie he's been offered? He hinted that two of the most successful franchises of all time, he was offered the starring role in and turned them down. Wow. Really? What are they? Well, first he said, um, he hinted, he didn't get into detail, but he hinted that he was offered the lead to The Matrix. Okay. Well, as much as I love The Matrix or loved it at the time, I haven't seen it, you know, in a decade. And it was a phenomenal, groundbreaking, kind of mind-warping movie in my my mind. But, like, Keanu Reeves is a 
pretty terrible actor. Are yeah. we agreed on that? Yeah, I agree yeah, with that. Okay. Below. So 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 the movie's better than Keanu. So maybe Nicolas Cage could have done a better job than him. Well, they both have that same like ooh. Mm, that's, like, that's good. A lot of grunting Thank is you. what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So maybe The Matrix isn't all that surprising because I don't know how that franchise will age. It and the hair, slick back hair, same thing. Yeah. Could have worn the same wardrobe. Right. I could see it. The, the other one, this Matrix. is what is so <laughs> fascinating to me. He was uh, uh, offered the role of Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, no. the one that eventually uh. went to uh, Viggo Mortensen. Which the Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of the most profitable. It's made more money than uh, you know almost any other movie in Hollywood he history. He could have kept his castle. Why would he have turned that down? He said that um, he didn't want at the time when he was offered the role. He said he had a lot of things going on in his personal life, and it would basically require him, like anyone in the cast, one of any of the major players in the cast of that movie, to be gone for on and off for three years back and forth to New Zealand because they filmed the whole franchise at one time. Right. Uh, and he just said he didn't, um, you know, he, he wasn't able to do it for personal reasons. But to me, it, it's, it's kind of like destroys the, the mythology of Nicolas Cage I have in my head where he just accepts anything if the paycheck is right. Right. You know? yeah. And I'm not saying that's a good thing to, to, to think about him, but I'm just saying his career choices up to now have led me to that conclusion. Well, specifically, why in the world would he do Left Behind if it wasn't for... Just uh, he says yes to everything, right? Exactly. But but you're telling me he said yes to that. So you're saying he's he's turning down Lord of the Rings and saying yes to Left Behind. Yeah, that actually no, makes I'm, him look worse. Jesse. I'm more confused. <laughs> yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. The fascination, the rabbit hole, just goes deeper. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. It just gets more fascinating. And then he also said this tidbit, which I found interesting. He said, in a way, he he doesn't live with regrets. He says that regrets are a waste of time. But he did say this. He says, in a way, there's a bright side to turning down uh, the role, uh, the, uh, a lead role in Lord of the Rings, because now he can watch and enjoy them. He says he loves those movies because he never, ever watches anything he's in. I don't blame him. That's a weird I can twist. see that. <laughs> I get that. Neither does Johnny Depp. Uh, our next issue of Relevant showed up this morning. And I had the person, staff's excited. I've never looked at one of our magazines after it comes out. Why? Only bad will come of it because I'll see something that I would have, and you can't. Fix I would it. want to change, yeah. and inevitably, and, I, and you can't, and so it's frustrating. So as an actor, I could see like once it's printed, once it's done. As an actor, you would have wished this was a little different, or you handled that different, or the lighting was different, and you can't. And only bad will come of it. Well, if you're George Lucas, you just recut the movie and change everything. That's true. You tweak the special effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I do think it's got to be hard for actors though, because like I feel like a musician, you know, has a, a step in every part of the process. Where as an actor, you, all you have is the script, and right. you can't see how it's going to be edited. You can't see how it's going to be shot. And so that's where I always feel like there's. You know, part they could do the best acting job in their life. Yeah. If it's a terrible editing job, then it's a bad movie that they're in. You know, right, although right. I haven't seen Left Behind, so I think there's no excuses for that. Though. <laughs> to me, though, it just like I said, add, and I get it. Like maybe just as as an, as an artist or creative person in general, people don't you know enjoy their own work afterwards. But like I said, th there are these little tidbits that are like just little nuggets of things about Nicolas Cage that are just make him more fascinating to me. The other thing I was thinking about, and I could be wrong about this, but I can't remember the last time I've seen him on any sort of like late night talk show. 
Right. He puts out tons of movies, a lot of big studio movies too, but he never seems to do like traditional uh, promotion because I, 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 it just makes me more curious about him as the person. I feel like he, his persona may be so detached from him as a human being that that may wreck the whole mythos. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of questions with him. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, you're talking about like him being kind of maybe weird or whatever. I mean, you you know about his tomb, right? Yeah, I know he's made some very eclectic purchases. And I've heard <laughs> story. Like, <laughs> he just sounds like a really fascinating rad dude i'm just i i would love if you could if you could name five people who i could hang out with for a couple days nicholas cage would absolutely be on that list for a couple days you'd hang out with him like for an extended period of time oh i feel like you have to to really feel like what he's into you <laughs> he, know he uh so in new orleans if you go to this uh the the cemetery it's called uh the st louis cemetery number one it's home it's home to the grave of marie laveau, laveau uh, kind of a supernatural big name in new orleans lore she's buried there anyway there is a nine foot tall white pyramid so imagine how massive that is yeah it's huge huge. made out of you know stone um that he owns it's his future tomb wait that's gonna be where he gets buried yes yeah. So uh, it has a Latin phrase on it, which translates everything from one. And um, so he bought it in 2009. So in 2009, he owned the historic Our Lady of Perpetual Help Chapel and the haunted La Lurie Mansion in New Orleans. He owned both of them. Yeah. They both got foreclosed on in his 2009 tax situations when he had to sell his castle and stuff. So after he got rid- had to get rid of those two things, he went and bought this massive pyramid. In, uh, if th- that <laughs> if that pyramid doesn't lead me to his fortune after he's died from you know, a series you know of what clues, I'm, saying? I'm gonna be so disappointed it has in him. To be in there, can I read? Okay, this is an actor. You, you, are you guys familiar with the the actress Idris Elba? Yes, yes, actor. the actor. Excuse me. Uh, he and Nicolas Cage did, uh, I think they were working on one of the Ghost Rider films. This was back in 2007. Uh, so a few years later, after they filmed this movie together, they actually filmed it uh, in Romania, near Transylvania. There's a really, there's a really nice hotel there. Yeah. <laughs> they made a couple so, about it. Uh, Idris Elba came back, and uh, this is years later. Now his career is taking off, and he's doing a Reddit AMA and Ask Me Anything. And someone asked him about uh, what it was like working with Nicolas Cage. Can I read verbatim? Um, a, a, a very brief <laughs> Nicolas Cage story. Please. Yes. yes. And, this, and again, this just adds to the mythos. This is what I'm interested in. The man behind the legend. Behind the irony, there's something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is what Idris Elba says. His, Nick Cage came back one day on set, and he came down to the set, and he looked a bit tired, a, a little bit like he'd been up all night. So I was like, hey, Nick, how you doing, man? And he says, I'm all right. I said, you seem a little spooked out. He says, yeah, man, I went up to Dracula's castle, the ruins in the mountains, and I stayed the night. (laughs) And Idris Elba says, I said, what? Why? He said, I I just had to channel the energy. It was pretty spooky up there. We were shooting in Romania, Transylvania, and he went up there to spend the night, as you do. Then he walked away. True story. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of some Charlie Charlie Sheen drank the tiger blood sort of stuff. That's just method acting, man. I just, but but I don't know if I want to know what the method is. What is he going for? (laughs) He wasn't playing Dracula. (laughs) All right, what do you have, Joy? Um, Okay, so. Uh, I got this uh, article from Twitter from Chris Lee, who also sent me, actually multiple people sent me uh, slices about this 
person who uh, is delusional about their relationship with Taylor Swift. So I don't know what people are trying to tell I me. Love, but. I love how much people help you on Twitter. Like they, they, they so want kind. you to succeed with slices. She was really, really busy building her Squarespace website. She didn't have time to prepare. <laughs> no, I'm like, oh my goodness, I need a slice. And everybody knows that I'm really trying to up my slice game and uh-huh. I'm trying to figure out like how to do it really well. I'm not a journalist like Eddie and Jesse. And so I, I'm thinking maybe like my hook can be that I always ask a question. Right. And that's like, you know how we get things started. So I actually came up with my question before I knew Shauna was going to be on the podcast. Um, and I thought this was going to be an easy answer. But <clears throat> so my question is, if all of us were a colony of ants, just all of us. Sure. Um, who do you guys think would be our queen? Oh, Shauna. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. There's, there's no question. Yeah. yeah. Or Jesse as an alternate. <laughs> just because it'd be a crazy anthill. Well, what am I? <laughs> Just a worker. Yeah, yeah. you're a worker ant with the rest of us. Yeah, you're yeah. a plebeian. Yeah, that no one. We're knows. all plebeians and ant hierarchy. There's one, and then everybody else. Yeah, there's no. If I would have le- asked this question before Shauna went to hang out with Oprah. Would I have possibly had a chance? I would have still said Shauna, even if she wasn't on the I show. I would have said Shauna not on the show, yeah. and Jesse is an alternate. Yeah, and yeah. even if I had never met her, I still would have said Shauna. <laughs> because at least with Shauna, <laughs> is it because I'm like a decade older than Joy? Is that why? No. Okay. No, well, we're gonna be safe and taken care of. There's a lot of wisdom there. With me, at least, <laughs> the anthill is going to go down in a blaze of glory. One <laughs> it's going to be a memorable <laughs> anthill experience, regardless of, regardless of how tragically it all ends. All right. So oh, um, the reason that I uh, asked that question is because um, in South Carolina, with all the tragic uh, flooding, um, they uh, noticed something in science. And basically this guy saw what he thought was like mud and debris floating on the top of the water, but it was actually a whole colony of fire ants that had clung together within like two minutes. Hundreds and hundreds of these fire ants can like join hands. They like hold hands and they create like this floating island and they put their queen on top what? Yeah, but even the ones that are like, uh, like underneath, yeah. they can breathe yeah. because they have straws. Tiny little- <laughs> 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 they all have big straws. Um, no, they have little tiny hairs on their bodies, and it traps a thin layer of air, and they just like hold on for your dear yeah. life. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Jesse's Jesse's hairy body would definitely trap enough air for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, that, that, would, that would be the goal. And like I said, I spent a long seven hours in and out of consciousness in Oprah's koi pond. So, <laughs> so Sean is just like hanging out on top yeah. on her back with it's her like little ant legs crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on to your hairs. <laughs> So so that's your slice as you just saw some ants? Yeah, but isn't that... Did you know that? No, there's a lot of things about nature I don't know. So yeah, I think it's amazing. Maybe amazing. that's your new, be- your new beat. You watch things, uh, some nature shows, and you tell us about them each week. Joy's hot take on nature. Yeah. And I open with a question and try to like... Uh, assign all of us as what animal we would be. Is this the first time they've seen this in nature, or... Is it like this is just it happens all the time? It's the first time the South Carolinans had ever seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 
positive they're called South Carolinans, but I don't want to argue about they it. They really. are now. <laughs> um, no, I guess in South America, they asked some nature guy, and uh, <laughs> I guess, and National Geographic, they've been studying uh, this behavior since 2011. Um, so just no, recently. That's not a true fact. <laughs> <laughs> You've made up this entire thing. Is that true? My slice is, my slice is done. 100%, 100% fiction. Yeah. No, they've seen it in like South American uh, countries. It's more common there because of like being more tropical and flooding and stuff. But yeah, this was new to those South Carolinans. South Carolinans. Did you, this is, can you believe what's happened in the Carolinas? I my, mean, my family lives in Charleston. It's, are they okay? Yeah, they're all okay. But I mean, my brother-in-law is a filmographer or a videographer and shoots weddings and stuff. And he left to go shoot it. And then um, like went out of town and the interstate that he uses to co- go and come from, mm-hmm. It's completely flooded with like eleven feet of water, oh, and he could he couldn't get back. I heard uh, I was reading that the that the flooding is a one in a thousand year instance, you know. Wow. And and but here's the thing: in the U.S. in North America, it's the fifth once in a thousand year flood situation since 2010. You know what it yeah. happened right after hmm. the blood moon? Well, uh, well, that was the thing. Somebody pointed that out to us on Twitter, like, "Oh, blood moon was the beginning, and now it's all bad." But it's like, okay, but this has happened four other times in the last four years. Yeah, so you it's know like, when? Right after the other blood moons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like yes, thing. Bad news is on the news, and but sadly, it's not like worse bad news than before yeah. the blood moon. You know, it's just it's, like yeah. there's always bad news. It seems like it's crazy. Well, because they're under sea level there. Yeah, you know, which is one of the. This is what issues. happened in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. it's it's nuts, and it kind of came out of nowhere you know it's like it happened really it started quickly. with that hurricane and then there was a like a depression that just settled in yeah. over the carolinas well that hurricane was originally like what were they called a fish storm like mm-hmm. where it originally started it was just going to be out in the ocean and then it kind of yeah. slowly crept in it's crazy I, i've seen my sisters like sent me pictures like they can walk to places that are 10 feet underwater you know which wow. is nuts you know who's okay who the fire ants <laughs> the south american fire especially ants, especially the queen She's right. just getting the ride of her life yeah it's just it's like being in a limo floating on jesse's body hair it's well, awesome. the fire ants have taught us anything there's a way to get people to safety in a flood situation yeah you exactly. just band together Hold hands suck the air off jesse's body hair oh. and give people rides rescue the queen yeah too soon <laughs> all right what do you have shauna Okay. Well, um, I did tell you that I have a dilemma. Should I tell you about my dilemma now? Or yes. should I just do the slice? No, I would like to... Well, I, we have a dilemma about your slice because we don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do the dilemma really fast first because I am troubled. So, and I, I basically, I don't even know what I'm looking for from you. I think maybe I want to know, uh, you are still a good person or I have done something like this or everything will be okay. So last night we have some friends over and, um, it's Henry's birthday, <laughs> but then it's also our friend's birthday coming up later this week. We got Henry, these hockey sticks playing hockey. It's so fun. And we're talking how Henry's never been to like an NHL hockey game. So the friend says, Aaron, we should take our boys to a hockey game. And he's like, yeah, we totally should. And the friend says, we should take them on Saturday night. And I say, you can't go on Saturday night. Saturday night's your birthday party. Uh-huh. At which point every person looks at me and I realize your oh. surprise party. Oh, no. What do you do? What do I? 
I, I, I like didn't even sleep last night. And just everyone's faces was like, oh, oh man. Oh, no. no, there's no dilemma here. <laughs> yeah. You're a bad person. Yeah. You are a bad person. Did Oprah know that before you yeah. showed up at her that house? I'm glad it happened after. So I couldn't get bounced. Yeah, but you're the type of person that would do something like that. She should have sniffed that out. Yeah, she, she should have. Known. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Hey, Joy, oh. you're Joy, you're the queen now. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> you're a professional in, uh, hoster, an entertainer, and taker. Yeah. You take care of others. Yeah. And you ruined. I ruined. Oh. I, before a party even happened, I ruined it. Did, did, did yeah, was no there dilemma. just an audible gasp in the yes, room? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, what no. happened afterwards? Did you just like run into the other room? Did you try to room? backpedal? I mean, I laid down on the ground. Oh no, I got the date wrong. So I'm sorry. Yeah, no, there was no backpedaling. There was no like, the, the two of them just <laughs> stared at me. And uh-huh. then Aaron realized what was happening and went, oh no. Oh man. And then I felt so bad I laid down on the ground. In my defense, <laughs> yeah. not that I have any defense. I did a terrible, terrible thing. Inexcusable. It was, no one told me it was a surprise. That's a no defense. One. That's oh, a good defense. That's, 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 that's absolutely a really good defense. Yeah, that's absolutely a defense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? You know what sinks ships? Loose lips. Oh, you burnt. You know that little ant raft of our bodies that you've been riding on? You know what sunk that? Your lip. Loose lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sunk our ant raft with my loose lips again. Loose lips. For Halloween, you know what you should go as? Two very large loose lips, just like <laughs> just flapping, just sink, just sinking ships left and right. Yeah, just yeah. I think at this point, are they just canceling the party altogether? Yeah, yeah. they're so bummed they're just going to cancel. It's like never you know, mind. We're not doing the hockey game. We're not going to do the party. It's just no. And then they tried rat. to make me feel better because they were like. The wife was like, no, 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 I actually didn't tell you it was a surprise, but I also didn't tell him there was a party, so it was a surprise, and now it isn't. Right. And then he was so nice. He was like, this is this is so nice because I hate surprises. So I'm so glad you told me, but the damage was done. That and was the right. wife just like, you know, it's not, it's, he's really not a big deal or anything. I'm just going to pull a plug on the whole thing and <laughs> watch a movie or something that night. It's just, uh, just. Here, there's a new series on OWN called Believe or something. You can watch that, I guess. There's nothing else on. I heard new. Nicholas Cage might have been Lord of the Rings. I think I'm going to watch that and kind of picture him. <laughs> Could I have done any? Is there any recovering? There's nope. just not, is there? No. That's, here's, yeah. here's a way I think you could recover okay. is you could you could bring some type of el- element of surprise to the party that he now knows about. Like, oh, is there something that he likes? Yeah. Like a clown? Like a yes, cl- dress up, dress clown. up as a as a scary clown. Yeah, surprise! You didn't know I was gonna wear a clown costume. Well, no, no, no. I mean, at Oprah's, you learned how to fold yourself into her like ottoman. Yeah. So you could just stash away in in an ottoman at their house. I've been at the restaurant all yeah, week. Exactly. And just pop out at some point when they go to get a blanket out of the ottoman. There you are. I've been hiding in your home <laughs> since the moment I destroyed your surprise. I've also been hiding in your home. That's not creepy. <laughs> I know I ruined your surprise party, but does it help that I've been sleeping in the koi pond for the last week and a half? <laughs> I've been periscoping up to see what's happening in there. <laughs> oh man, I yeah. There's no there's no recovery. Bring Oprah to the party. There, there you go. Oprah. Oh yeah, That'll solve yeah, it. That's true. Totally. That's true. I'll, I'll work on that. You got to make it up not only to him but to his wife. Yeah. 
I know. Yeah. Two separate makeups. Two seriously, two separate makeups. Johnny, sure. Bring them, bring them breakfast in bed on his birthday, and don't tell them. Just well, she was stashed away in the ottoman overnight, so she's already in there. She's yeah. fine. I've been in the ottoman with some waffles. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are making me feel better. Surprise breakfast in bed. I think is a great idea. After staying in the ottoman of their house for a week, I've been sleeping under your bed all night long with breakfast. My friend Jesse let me borrow these tiny little straws. <laughs> Breathing fine. <laughs> so I have an actual slice. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And it's sort of related. This is, it's not like a, a funny news story as much as it is a very useful life tip. So it, it was helpful for me and I would like to share it uh, with you. And it's this, it's one tip that everybody needs to how, how to get out of any party conversation. Oh, no, I need right. that. Do you guys have, do you currently have a tactic? You play dead. No, I just hang out. <laughs> I just hang out on the wall and don't talk to people. Yeah, that's what I I've, do. I've seen you do that. That's true. I, I, feign, totally I feign a medical emergency. <laughs> okay. Well, so so they're saying there. There's all these different ways to do it that don't work. Um, you can't say I need to go get something to drink because they could come with you. Right. You can't pretend you can't hear them because then they get even closer to you. You can't just walk away because then you've been rude and now you have to talk to them more about why you just walked away. So so the, this article is in New York Magazine. And they say, these are the only eight words you ever need to leave any party conversation. So I'm going to tell you what the words are, and then I'm going to tell you how to do it. Okay? I know. It. I have three words. Sorry, bathroom emergency. <laughs> yeah, yeah my, mine is, I have a terrible stomach flu. It's, it's, I need to leave right uh, My now. rash is contagious. <laughs> yeah, the, the adjectives I can describe my stomach flu that I'm, that I'm having right now is violent and vengeful. You need to move. <laughs> okay, so these eight words, apparently, only eight words you ever need And then I'm going to tell you how to do it. So the eight words are great talking to you. I'll see you soon. Great talking to you. I'll see you soon. But this is how you have to do it. You have to imagine how Dwayne the Rock Johnson would leave a family that he just saved from an earthquake. (laughs) A firm but platonic hug, strong eye contact, a tender but final goodbye. And just like that, he's gone. Question. But what if you're like, at okay, say my Halloween party in a couple weeks. So you're in the same house with all these same people. <laughs> so the whole like, I'll see you soon thing is weird because you're going to be seeing each other all night. You could, you could follow it up with, I'll see you soon. I got to go park a car. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Sorry, bathroom Stand emergency. And talk. So no, but for real, is that a thing of like, is that thing you have to exit? Because I would do that. Like if to avoid an awkward conversation, I would just leave the party early. <laughs> they do specify that you don't have to leave the party, but you do have to physically remove yourself because you can't say it firmly, lovingly, but tenderly, and then move over two feet. Right. Sure. And yeah. just stand alone. You have to have an, like an exit plan. You don't have to leave the party, but you have to go to a different yeah. part of the gathering pretty aggressively. So you're going to go from the living room, guys. Yeah, ugh, Those guys are lame. Well, I'm going to go see who, what's up in the kitchen. It's still, Who's Sean, can, yeah. I, can I be honest? It still seems a little impersonal to me. Can I just add one yeah, yeah, additional sure, sure. thing yeah. to the formula? So you're saying, okay, so so just to paint the picture here, we're, we're, I'm having a conversation with someone. I want to come to a natural conclusion. Yeah. I, 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 I very genuinely, what's the, the exact lines? Great talking to you. I'll see you soon. And I go in for the hug. Okay, here's yeah. where I, I I don't want to. This is where I don't want to be rude. I go right. in for the hug. I hold it for just a second longer than they think you should. And I whisper in their ear, 
I mean that. I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, then I, then I walk away, and I kind of, and I never break eye contact as I back out of the <laughs> because that lets them know he's serious here. Totally. Well, like, like that wasn't just him trying to break conversation. Like he's up to something, and I'm part of his plans. Are any of you guys thinking about how many times we've been at parties? And I mean, I've gotten a lot of hugs, so now I'm trying, and it didn't cross my mind that people were trying to get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> You were like a hug. Let me just snuggle in right next to you for a while. Uh-huh. You don't have to see me again soon. I'm just going to stay right with you. Let's go get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> what I do at parties is I don't typically go to parties. I host parties. I enjoy having people over or whatever. But at that party, I then can busy myself and not have to get trapped in conversations. So I can always be kind of walking briskly around the house, picking up cups or take, you know, right. do, setting out food walking or doing, briskly. you know, whatever. That's such and, a great and, visual. And so then when I see people, I'm like, oh, hey, great to see you. Hug. And then like I continue going the way I was going and the whole night like I have to refill the chips and dips exactly yeah oh my god that was so crazy and then I just keep going but I gave them the hug and I was so happy to see them and then I don't have to talk now what what are you whispering in their ears here (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go for a brisk walk I'll see you again soon (laughs) (laughs) whatever whatever you do don't use the upstairs bathroom (laughs) (laughs) hey great to see you sorry bathroom emergency Oh, wow. Well, there you go. That, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, John Mark and Sarah McMillan. August, the song is Slow Motion. John Mark and Sarah McMillan are songwriters and worship leaders, and they've been on the show a bunch of times. You know them. You love them. I, seriously. Yeah. I'm huge fans. We're all huge fans. They recently released an amazing album called You Are the Avalanche and came by the studio during their Tongues of Fire tour to play a couple songs for us. Here is John Mark and Sarah McMillan. I think at this stage in my life, I've come to believe that the greatest things in life involve fellowship involve uh, knowing other people. And I actually think that every desire we have is actually a desire for that, you know, and even God himself, you know, when he created the world, you know, he created all these things that were great. And he, he stood back and he said they were good. And the first thing he said wasn't good was that man was by himself. And so I think from the beginning, you see this value um, system of, um, of the way God values uh, personal uh, contact and fellowship and intimacy, you know, and I think it's easy to um, get caught up in in uh, in the novelty of love, and I think that ninety percent, ninety nine point nine percent of all songs ever written are written about the novelty of love, and I think that novelty is exciting, and I think it's awesome, and I like to go new places and see new things, but um, I think oftentimes what we miss is that intimacy is actually way better than novelty. 
you know it's just that it's kind of hard you know um but it's it's the better and it's what we really desire deep down and i think i've realized that even my selfish desires are satisfied in fellowship with god you know so this idea that at the, when the day has run its course you are the goodness is this idea that um uh, everything I've ever wanted is actually summed up and found in in knowing my Maker and and in fellowship with Him and with the people around me, and that that is where the real goodness is. And we get tricked into thinking that all these other things are good. Um, and I've had the privilege of seeing my dreams as a person come true. You know, like I um, we did this thing the other day where people um, ask what your dream job is, and it's like I'm literally doing it. You know, in a lot of ways, I'm living my dream, and I've sort of realized that those things don't make me feel the way I thought they were. And really, what makes me feel that way, the way I want to feel, is all the people that I've worked with this whole time and all the time I've spent, you know, praying and asking and uh, begging God to let me have what I want. Actually, I think what I really want is that time, <laughs> you know, and that interchange is actually really um, better than the things that I thought I was pursuing. So that's kind of what this song is about. It's called The Goodness, and the chorus is Everything I Ever Wanted is Found in You. One, two, three. The day is run its course. You are the goodness. Oh, my sweetest friend, you are the avalanche that falls upon us in the end. You are my reward where all the years have failed us. Oh, my sweetest friend, you are the house around us. You are the goodness in the end And everything I ever wanted It is found in you And everything I ever wanted It is found in you Ever 
Where your heart hovers My one, my constant, my king And brother, my home is ever Where your heart hovers When the days run its course You are the goodness You are my That was John Mark and Sarah McMillan. Stay tuned. Up next, Tom Rayner. Listening to Alves. Alves. It's two V's. It's not a W. I wonder if that's for SEO purposes. <laughs> it's Alves. <laughs> uh, the song is Archie Marry Me. Tom Rayner is the president and CEO of Lifeway Christian Resources, as well as a respected pastor and researcher. He's written more than 20 books and co authored the number one bestsellers, uh, Simple Church and I Am a Church Member. His most recent book is called I Will Nine Traits of the Outwardly Focused Christian. Our very own Aaron Hambury recently spoke to him. Here is Tom Rainer. So the first question comes uh, right off the cover of the book, and that is um, you offer nine traits to be an outwardly focused Christian. What else is there? What do you have in mind there? What's the opposite? Uh, why would people? Why do people want or need to be an outwardly focused Christian in the first place? It would be good to, if you would allow me to refer back to a previous book called I Am a Church Member. Mm-hmm. And I Am a Church Member, uh, the major thesis of that book was a First Corinthians 12 church member, a truly member of the body of Christ, has an attitude that is self-serving, self-sacrificing, and utterly focused. And so the whole idea behind I Will is if you're a part of the body of Christ, you should not only have 
the right attitude, which is self-sacrificing, self-giving, you should be actually doing some things to express that other attitude. Well, right in the beginning of the book, you jump in um, and you're laying out some of these definitions and things. And the first distinction you make is between uh, an I am Christian and an I will Christian. So for our listeners, can you lay out a little bit of the difference between I am and I will? Yeah, the, 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 the I am Christian goes back to the attitude. The I am Christian goes back to who as who I am as a uh, church member. I really, when I go into this book, I talk about I am not a happy church member. I, in fact, I give a fictional example of a, of a lady by the name of Heather. And I, and I talk about her, and I talk about what her experience at church has been, and it has not been very good. And so I, I then go, okay, if this is the I am an unhappy church member, what is it that an I will church member? And so I'm really comparing uh, the differences between an unhappy I am church member, one who is not seeing what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, one who is not functioning in a healthy biblical way that is now beginning to transition to become I will. And so I use the fictional story of Heather to talk about how she made that transition and how she began to uh, look at herself as a more biblical uh, church member. So you're moving from attitude to action, and that was what was happening in the story to Heather. And she began to move actionally following the right attitude about church membership. I love what the millennial generation is doing for the church, and I love what they are doing to the church. The millennial generation is only about, by our best estimates of research, and again, it's, you, you never can know for certain a percentage of a population is Christian, but of the 78 million, only about 15% are believers by our best estimates. But of those 15%, we are seeing more, I would call it biblical Christianity, being espoused in practice than we are the old churchianity. My generation, Boomer, my predecessor generation, Builder, there were many of us, there are many of us who are certainly dedicated church-going Christians, but we, many of us went to church because that was the right thing to do. That was the community expectation of you. And we were habitual more than we were committed. And so we became so habitual that if you if you tell us we have to change our music, we rebel. If you tell us that uh, we have to do something differently, we rebel because we weren't really into the biblical understanding of church. We were into our own 1980s, 70s version hmm. of church. Anybody can fall into that trap. And, you know, I, I give some symptoms in here, but it could go beyond these symptoms. One is... Uh, a spectator sport uh, that you're there just watching. I think I've been pretty clear on my understanding about what a church member is. Uh, another is a church being about me, myself, and I. And that's what many of my generation have espoused. Uh, we wouldn't say it that way, but when we begin to demand our own ways instead of a true biblical worship, that is what we're doing. Uh, my, many in my generation dwelt on the flaws. We would talk about what's wrong with the church. And in doing so, what we were really saying is that here is what we see is wrong because it's not meeting our expectations or our needs. But I think of all the symptoms, the one that probably stands out the most to me, and I go into several in the book, 
is the low expectation church. Really in the 80s, maybe the late 70s, there was this move toward church being, uh, make yourself comfortable, make yourself at home. We expect nothing of you, we ask nothing of you. And my generation complied mm. and we, we became comfortable and many of us dropped out of church as a, re- as a result because we didn't see it making any difference in our lives yeah. or our making a difference through the church. What I love about the millennial generation is they're asking the question, is this really what the Bible says? Are we doing what should be done rather than the way that we've always done it? And so that's what I'm referring to when I refer to churchianity. And those are the type of traps that any of us could fall into, but my generation in particular has been notorious for falling into those. What does it look like for you, in your mind, for this book to be successful? So you've published it, you've put it out. What's your hope for it? Um, what, what would you like to see it accomplish? I would like to see it do what uh, I Am a Church member has done as a sequel or as a next level, almost a part one and part two. I've been blessed that I Am a Church member is about to hit one million in sales, and it, it has exceeded all of my expectations. I Will is on a similar trajectory. Um, you know, the reality of it is, had I gotten input from I Am A Church member before it was published, I probably would have written this as one book. Mm-hmm. I, I, I probably would have just said, okay, these, this, it's a short volume as it is, but uh, uh, combine them together, here's the attitude and here's the action. But I'm not the brightest bub in the chandelier, and so I did not do that. And due to the response of the people who are bringing this into their churches, into new member classes, into um, some of them are even using uh, discipleship classes because I, because I have study guides that can take you through certain passages of the Bible. Uh, due to the request for people asking me, what does that look like? And mm-hmm. not just what are you thinking, but what does that look like? That's the purpose behind it. So my, my goal is uh, for it to be used to build up the body of Christ through a number of possible ways. New member classes is obvious, but just given to those who really want to get a biblical understanding of what it means to have the right attitude and the right action plan to be a part of the church. That was Tom Rainer. You can check out the book at tomrainer.com slash I will. Dynamite, all one word, all caps, because it's explosive. (laughs) The song is In the Summer 
Well, as you know, when bands come through the studio and uh, record songs here for the podcast, we also video them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why you should check out the relevant YouTube channel. (laughs) It's Um, the only reason. Yeah. (laughs) We have the videos of uh, uh, the songs from John Mark and Sarah McMillan up on the podcast episode page on Relevant TV. And it's also on our uh, YouTube channel. So youtube.com slash relevant. Make sure to check them out. Performing another song. Here is John Mark and Sarah McMillan. This song is called King of My Heart. I wrote it in um, a time in my life that was pretty, you know, dark, and um, I felt like I lost a lot of my identity. I was going through a lot of family, like a kind of a family crisis, and basically I felt the opposite of that God was good, and it was kind of a, also a time of tension. Like I had some really beautiful things going on, having these, having children and, you know, experiencing that, but also feeling darkness too so I wrote it just to tell myself again how good God had been to me and how good he was and um, I think it's really powerful when we can sing that and declare that even when you know you might feel like you're in a night season so um, that's where this song came from The king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song. You are good, good. Let me down You're never gonna let 
That was John Mark and Sarah McMillan. Make sure to check out their new album, You Are the Avalanche. Listening to Sun Lux, the song is "You Don't Know Me." I think that's a Andy Minio cover. Yep, yeah, um, absolutely. It is. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's time for feedback, but before feedback, it's time for our uh, corrections and apologies. Uh, last week we were talking about. I'm sorry. Last week Tyler was talking about Adventures in Odyssey, the Focus on the Family cartoon, Christian cartoon from the late '80s, early '90s, slash radio drama, radio slash drama. radio drama. That's right. Yeah. But they came out with cartoons later. But yeah. it was yeah. mainly a radio drama. Uh, where um, what was the dude's name? The old guy, Whit Whitaker. Whit Whitaker. He that he had a time machine right. back behind the ice cream shop. Sure. And this bothered Tyler greatly. It was illogical. Uh, a lot of you, I mean, a lot of you went on Twitter and corrected us that the Imagination Station, where they could go back in time, was actually a virtual reality thing Yeah. Um, you know, to learn something like a moral lesson uh, and all that. So there was no actual time travel, just a really fancy virtual reality system. We stand corrected. Sorry. In, in response, we have doled out a Bill Simmons-like suspension. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is out of here for at least four or five more months. Not only that, yeah. he insulted Roger Goodell, which we're not going to let happen on this platform. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, but it's time for the question of the week. Last week, uh, we were again we were talking about cartoons and things like that, and, and and we were realizing so many of the cartoons we grew up on, like kind of told us a lot of illogical plot points. They, you yeah. know, like we like the prevalence of quicksand. You know, you would think quicksand <laughs> was around every turn, and you're going to just get sucked up into it things like that uh that uh the best way to spy on people in your house would be to cut out the eyes of your all your portraits and hide <laughs> in the wall and watch them things like that uh so we asked you what were some unnecessary or illogical plot devices used in cartoons from your childhood you guys went over to uh the podcast episode page and posted some there and you also hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast here's a few of our favorites uh peter had a great point he talked about how donald duck never ever wore pants but then if they did a scene where he came out of the shower, which is a little disconcerting to me, um, he had a towel around his waist. Yep. Well, maybe, he was, uh, maybe he was moist. Maybe he was still uh, drying <laughs> off down yeah, there. Yeah, but why doesn't he have it around his shoulders? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. And But I'd like to add to that. Maybe it's been discussed somewhere else on here. But, like, I always was intrigued by uh, in DuckTales when they would dive into the money. I yeah. wanted so badly to dive into a pool of, like, gold coins. But I'm like, <laughs> I kind of knew as a kid that it would hurt, but they made it feel so doable. Yeah. Yeah. It really did seem doable. I remember one time having like a jar of pennies and wanting to just drive my hand into it like like, you know, the Uncle Scrooge and literally just jamming a finger. <laughs> 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 and just thinking, okay, well that's note to self, if I'm in a situation where there's a diving board with a lot of pennies, do not do it. It's just jumping onto a big pile of metal. <laughs> Jimmy gave this one, which uh I, I think we, we alluded to to uh, something related. But he said the most ridiculous plot device ever conceived is the clock 
slash timer on a bomb, why would a villain give away the crucial information regarding when the bomb will explode? You completely lose the element of surprise. If you feel compelled uh, by, tradi- by tradition to put a clock bomb slash uh, uh, timer on the bomb, at least make it explode with like two minutes left or something. It makes no sense. Uh, Skylar Huckaba. Literally, his name is Skylar Huckabee, not Tyler Huckabee, it's Skylar Huckabee. Um, he said, how is it that on Tom and Jerry, they would use explosives on each other, but Tom's owners never, ever noticed the explosions? That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole premise of the show, too. I mean, it would blow up buildings. It would blow up I mean, and, and destroy life, and the owners never noticed. Maybe they did. Maybe they just didn't care. Uh, Stacy Hausler says, uh, Phineas and Ferb, there are not 104 days of summer vacation. I don't understand Ooh. that one at all. That's the theme song. Oh. There's 104 days of summer vacation. Da, 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 da. See the two people with kids. Know yeah, that yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, I haven't thought about this one, uh, but in The Little Mermaid, you know, a major point pl- uh, part of The Little Mermaid is Ariel loses her voice and can't communicate, right? Right, right uh-huh. So, but but why doesn't she just write notes to communicate? She is shown at various She's, points in the movies reading and writing. Oh, she is. That's right. Mm. Maybe her paper's always wet. And uh, <laughs> and the, yeah, but 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 the point is, she was writing at some point. She have an underwater pen. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. She just wanted to sing, man. She just wanted to sing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's some other really good ones on here. And I saw various uh, uh, takes on this. One was Clark Kent's glasses. I mean, come on. He flies around Superman uh, he, yeah. with his face plain to see him, and his alter ego is changed by putting on black frames. Other people said, like, the little black mask that only covers people's eyes. How is that in any way disguising your identity? <laughs> like, like the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Or, or Robin. Robin. That's true. Even even the mask that covers like just the nose up. The cowl. I feel like I feel like any of you guys, if you were wearing a mask and I could see the lower half of your face, I would know instantly and exactly who it was. Yeah. I definitely would know it was you, Jesse, because your beard I can recognize anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and his scent. And your and your just his, all his your musk. All your body. Yankee candle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Yankee candle called musk. <laughs> smells like Oprah. <laughs> uh, what about preventing guns from shooting by plugging it with your finger and tying? <laughs> oh yeah tying in a knot that's a good one. Oh man jeremiah dowling made a good point he's like elmer fudd's a hunter he spends his whole life hunting rabbits yet as soon as bugs bunny puts on a hat or clothes elmer fudd thinks that bugs bunny who clearly still looks like a rabbit is human you think the gray fuzzy arms would give it away <laughs> you, you you would think at this point you, how many times is the rabbit going to disguise himself and it going to work you know? yeah. And that rabbit, when he does that and he's walking around, I mean, he's as tall as a human man. Imagine if you encountered in the wild a rabbit that's, that was five or six feet tall. It's basically a kangaroo. Oh, it is a kangaroo. Yeah. It's, oh, there you go. Are there it's also times where science. Bugs Bunny dresses as a woman to like seduce always, Elmer Fudd or always. other people? And it always works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would, yeah. it, would, would, it would work on me, I'm going to be yeah. honest. Uh, James Smoker wrote in, he didn't answer the question of the week. Uh, he just says randomly, I dreamt that Cameron Strang died and the next relevant podcast was everyone joking about it. It was super awkward. I had a dream about you, Cameron, last night. What? I had a dream that instead of me booking bands from now on, this is real life, that you were going to f- just play covers of people's music and then all the rest of the cast was going to be your backup band. <laughs> I was going to play you, covers. Yeah. Cameron, so Cameron was actually performing the song. He was performing the song. So we don't want the band to come do it. I, I got it. And your voice sounded like the singer of One Republic, Ryan Tedder. 
Oh yeah. Um, and then I woke up and I was really stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I haven't booked any bands. <laughs> if you're like dreaming about work, then that means you're like too stressed out at work. So do you want to talk about it, Jeremiah? <laughs> um, I like, I'd like to talk about it off air. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my voice does not sound anything like Ryan Tedder. <laughs> well, it's you... more like The Little Mermaid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that'll do it for last week's feedback. You can join in. There's a lot of it. Um, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, I, I, I need help. I think several of us need help in many ways, but specifically <laughs> at the end of this month, there's there's Halloween. Yeah. And uh, I always procrastinate, don't put thought into Halloween costumes. I need help coming up with a creative Halloween costume. Here's what I don't want. Ready? No podcast references. Or ratchet Halloween costumes. Yeah, no, I don't want to be sexy nurse. Right, not yeah. again. Yeah, not again. <laughs> yeah. Bend down that road. Make, I'm not going to travel it one more time. Are, are, but do you want? Do you want current, timely, buzzworthy, controversial? Yeah, yeah not maybe not controversial, <laughs> but like yeah, a, a clever reference that would be great. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I don't want to like just do a generic like you know bank <gasps> robber. You should go as Jim Gaffigan on the cover of Relevant magazine, like in the robe, in the robe with there a with go. a garden hose. Well, and th- this is my criteria: is I want it to be comfortable. I feel like I've, oh, I, I yeah. want it to be basically a version of pajamas. I've done too many costumes where it's like, you know, a hoop skirt and high heels and something huge on my head. Lots I don't want to be extremely cozy. You and Cameron both. Well, that's why I'm kind of, I'm really drawn to, I could do the lion kind of PJs thing. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. just Cecil. put some blood. So, and- so, so yeah, you want something that, you want to rip from the headlines. <laughs> you want a very special episode of Law and Order ripped from the headlines. The whole family should watch that. Maybe you thing. go as a big pile of ants like floating on something. <laughs> Actually, I've no, got an idea. That'd be the most the insensitive way of like uh, acknowledging the hey, Charleston you're floods. Raising, you're raising awareness, man. All right, all right. I have an idea because this whole episode, I've been trying to think who Cameron looks like, so people can, you can uh, oh. give your vote of who you think he looks like. But it just hit me with your haircut. You could probably pull off Kim Jong Un. <laughs> that's just throwing it out there i was gonna say that's not controversial at all yeah. yeah i feel like north korea like i feel like you can't dress up as another ethnicity i feel like that's right. just not i think that's true yeah eh. <laughs> especially like the worst dude ever too. right <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for feedback. If you want to chime in and uh, give, not just me, all of us, we just want really good Halloween costume ideas. This is not just for me. I will be self-servingly taking one of them. But uh, but yeah, we just want good, creative... I definitely need one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought you... I thought you well, had a very... the, we just said no ratchet costumes, yeah, and, and that's and true. Th- that knocks mine out. Yeah, I, I would say at least 60% of the body needs to be covered. Oh, yeah, then I definitely okay, need one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I was going as Adam. <laughs> Just, just a loin. Claw. Yeah. All right. It's strategically fig leaf. placed fig leaf. Fig leaf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Please don't show up like that. <laughs> um, anyway, if you want to join in, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your replies on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, well, many thanks to our guests for joining us. Uh, you can check out Tom Rayner's new book at tomrainer.com slash I will. And John Mark and Sarah McMillan's new album is called You Are the Avalanche. It's available everywhere. And uh, check out the dates for their Tongues of Fire tour at johnmarkmcmillan.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Squarespace. Start your free trial at squarespace.com today with no credit card required. When you decide to sign up, uh, you can uh, use offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. And uh, you can use as many fonts as you want, Joy Learned. Yeah. It's <laughs> very exciting. Uh, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm uh, Cameron Strang. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Joy Ergrich. I'm Shauna Nequist. We'll see you next week. I used to... Now
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. I spent a long seven hours in and out of consciousness in Oprah's koi pond.